Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you all doing today? Awesome, awesome. Well, I want to, this is your first time coming. I want to welcome you. If this is your 12,000th time coming, I want to welcome you. A special welcome to our Sullivan family who are joining us today, also Vineyard Live. And I also want to welcome and just shout out our Sullivan Revolution family. Uh, Curtis Plank, he leads our Sullivan students and he's doing an amazing job. Curtis, keep up the good work. You are incredible. Um, So, last week, we concluded an incredible five-week series called The Family of the Future. And in this series, we unpacked our uh, DNA as a family, and we also discovered what are some of the things that the Lord has called us to do uh, together in our families, in our communities, and in our nation. And like many of you, I was challenged. I was uh, awakened to new possibilities. It was just great. I love the series. And today I feel that the Lord has given me something uh, fresh to share. And what I believe we're going to talk about today, I actually believe that this has the uh, potential to be a key that can help us launch into being the family of the future that we are called to be. I want to title this talk today, Vessels of Vulnerability. And I'm excited about it. The reality is this, is I believe that we have uh, often misunderstood the power of vulnerability. And we have undervalued the practice of vulnerability. But the reality is, is that supernatural breakthrough follows the vulnerable. It follows the vulnerable. What does that mean? It sounds cool. What does it mean? We're going to talk about it. Let's pray. I'm going to jump in. So Jesus, we welcome you. We, we, we know that you're here, but we, we just say, come even more. We want to encounter you. We want to know you. Lord, I pray that you would awaken our hearts. I pray that you would um, bring freedom in, in this room today. I pray that, that, that we would just uh, uh, come into a new place of vulnerability with you and those around us. In Jesus' name, open ears, open hearts, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. So... You know, if we're all being honest, because we we came to church to be honest, right? If we're all being honest, we love to present the version of ourselves to most people that's like the most polished. You know, the version of ourselves that that is just the safest to present to those around us. Uh, So what do I mean by that? I'll give you you an example. So when I was 18 years old, I I moved from the south suburbs of Chicago to uh, Urbana to go to Parkland College. Shout out to Parkland, Cobra blood in my veins. Um, Parkland for life. Yeah, so one of my, one of my first, one of my first uh, classes was a, a biology class. And I'm waiting outside of this biology class and then this cute girl walks past me and uh, she walks up to me and she asks me a question. She says, do you have the textbook for this course? Now, what I heard her say was, hey, I think you're so handsome, and I didn't know how else to approach you other than asking if you had this textbook. That's what I heard. Now, whether that actually is what she said, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Moving on. So 
couple, maybe like a, a day or two later, we were talking, and she asks me, this, she asks me, where are you from? Now, this is, this is a, a, a sort of complex question. You know, I got to give you context. I'm from the south suburbs of Chicago. I know that if you're not from the Chicagoland area, everything in the northern part of Illinois is Chicago. And uh, that's not true. That's, that's actually not the case. So in Chicagoland, Chicago is very distinct from the suburbs of Chicago. And in the area that I grew up in, in, in you know, in, in the south suburbs, it was actually status to be from the city of Chicago. And, you know, it's just a beautiful place, fast-moving cities, creative. It's just a great place, right? It's status to be from there. So, of course, when she asked me this question, where are you from, I said, oh, I'm from Chicago, right? And she looks me up and down. I'm thinking, guys, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that she has to be impressed. She's like, wow, I could tell he has that Chicago edge to him. Like, I'm thinking she's going to say something like that. She looks me up and down, and she's like, you were definitely not from Chicago. You, you are definitely from the suburbs. And, and I'm, I'm caught off guard because I didn't calculate this. I didn't see this coming at all, you know. And it's like she smelled the suburbs on me or something. I don't know. And at, at this point, I'm way too committed. And I can't, I can't go back. So instead of telling, you know, her the truth, yeah, you're right, I'm from the suburbs, I went ahead and gave her an address to validate that I was from Chicago. Was it my address? No. Technically not. It was my uncle's address. Did I spend the night there a lot? Yes. Um, whatever. Don't judge me. And I, I gave her landmarks. I gave her uh, restaurants that I have gone to in Chicago. And she just wasn't buying it. She, she, she was just reading right through me. She was too wise and discerning. So finally, after some time, she kept giving me reason after reason after reason why I wasn't from Chicago. I finally said, okay, okay, you're right. I technically was born in a hospital located in the city of Chicago. Does that count? Does that count for any? She's like, no, no, that does not count at all. Luckily, though, this exchange, it didn't, it didn't scare her away because in 2014, I got to propose to her in the same Parkland classroom that I met her in. And uh, Sharon and I are celebrating five years of marriage next week. So. She, she puts up with me, guys. It's not, it's not that easy. Um, no, but my story is on the extreme end of the spectrum. It, it, it is. But the point is this, is that we love to present the version of ourselves to those around us that are, that's the most respectable, the most likable, the, you know, the most polished. Don't we do that? We, we want people to see the version of us that we assume is the safest to present. You know, the, this is not inherent, you know, it's not an inherently, you know, bad thing. But if we're not careful, what will happen is this could lead us into a lifestyle of secrecy. See, what the enemy does, what he wants is he, he actually wants, he wants to tell us like, you know, things like, you can't let people in on this, you know, like you, we, we start to think thoughts like, oh, I, I can't, I can't let someone in on this aspect of my life. It's, it's, it's not glamorous. It's, it's embarrassing or it's, it's shameful. And he, he wants to tell us that we can't trust anyone with this or you can handle this on your own. You don't need anyone to speak into this. 
But this is not the way that God has called us to live. You know, the reality is that sometimes it's just our past experiences. You know, some, we, we, have, we have experiences from the past where we've opened up, we've shared things, and, and we've been judged. We've, we've been, like, marginalized. And, and these past experiences cause us to shut down. Cause, it causes us to, to hold back. It causes us to not want to be vulnerable. And the way that we interact with the people closest to us, these negative experiences, what happens is, is that it actually starts to affect what we trust God with. It actually starts to make us cautious with what we share with him, with what we trust him with, and how intimate we are with the Father because of these experiences with those around us. But here's the truth. The truth is that the Father can be trusted with our vulnerability. And he has strategically placed people in our lives that we can trust with the embarrassing, the unglamorous, and the, the, the intimate details of our lives. He's given us people to trust. The truth is this, is that secrecy kills, but vulnerability heals. Secrecy kills, but vulnerability heals. And this may sound like a crazy statement, but I want to look at the Bible because I believe the Bible has a lot to say about the supernatural power of vulnerability. You know, vulnerability is just supernatural in nature. There's so much power in it. Is, is kind of oxymoronic by definition. Dictionary.com defines vulnerability as the capacity uh, of being physically or emotionally wounded or hurt. So vulnerability, it, it means unguardedness. It, it literally says, hey, here's access to me, complete access to me. You can use this access to hurt, but I'm trusting that you will use this access to heal, to bring restoration. The story that I want to look at this morning is the story of Elisha and the widow's oil. And Elisha is best known for being the prophet Elijah's spiritual son. And he takes over for Elijah as uh, the lead prophet in, in Israel in this time in 2 Kings. And he has this really interesting interaction with this woman. And I want us to look at 2 Kings 4 verse 1. You know, here at the Vineyard, we love the entire Bible. We, we love all of it because... The entire Bible can speak to us, like Old and New Testament alike, and this is one of my favorite Old Testament stories. Let's go ahead and check out verse 1. It says, Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elijah, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elijah said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Now, this is a, this is a terrible situation. This is a horrible situation. This woman's husband has just passed away, and he was one of the sons of the prophets, which just means he was a part of this collective group of prophetic people in Israel at the time, and that means he was a good guy. He, he was an amazing guy, but he is gone now. And because of this, the total weight and responsibility of taking care of her family has fallen on this woman, and taking care of their debt has fallen on her, but she cannot pay. She can't do it. Now, her children are possibly at risk of being 
in, uh, in slavery. So she comes to the prophet. She comes to him, and she begins to just cry out like, hey, I need help. I need help. I don't, I don't know where else to go, but if you don't do something right now, my children can be taken away from me. I need your help. I need you to do something. I need you to help me. We see this woman exercise two aspects of vulnerability that I want to talk about today. The first one is vulnerability with the father. Vulnerability with the father. See, in this story, Elisha is an Old Testament representative and picture of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So when we read this story, we have to see it not only from the lens of she's crying out to the man Elijah, but she's actually also crying out to the God of Israel. She's crying out for God's salvation. Elijah's name actually means God is salvation. So she's crying out for God to come, do something. Lord, we need you. I need you right now. And then he responds to her petition in a very fascinating way to me. He responds by saying, well, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? This is such a vulnerable question. He asks her, what do you have in your house? You know, what do you have? Is it, are you spending money that your spouse doesn't know about? Uh, Is it a porn addiction that no one else knows about? Are you hiding secrets from your parents? Is it a secret battle with depression, anxiety, or maybe it's none of those things. Maybe is it, is it that you just have a little bit of hope left? Is it, is, is it that you, are, you, know, you only have a little bit of faith left? Like, what do you have in your house? What do you have inside that you have possibly been ignoring, been neglecting, been forgetting about? What do you have inside? And this house, it's a picture of our souls, of our internal condition, of our internal state. And the Father, he says the same thing to us. He says, what do we have in our house? What do you have? It is an invitation into deeper vulnerability with him. It's him actually saying, hey, I want to engage with you in this. And, you know, this situation that you've been going through, I want to come in. You want to let me into this? This situation that you, this thing that you've been carrying, what's been keeping you up at night, I want to come in, step in, and deal with it for you. I believe that that invitation is here today from the Father. He's saying that to all of us today. What is in your house? There's an invitation from him. He's saying that, hey, I can come in. I can, I can deal with that pain that you have been uh, dealing with. I can actually deal with the trauma of the past. I can come in and rescue you. You know, it will require us to say, though, God, I need you. God, I, I don't this is all I have, Lord. I, I don't know if I could go on any further. It, it actually requires us to, 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 Lord, I don't know, right? But if I'm being honest, I, I used to believe that it made me a sort of like weaker Christian to talk to God that way. Like I lost Christian stripes. If, if my prayers from God, like with God wasn't filled with faith all the time. Like I, I used to think that God was somehow a little bit disappointed in me if, if, if my prayers didn't sound like, God, I know that I'm your righteous son, and, you know, Lord, hey, I messed up. I blew it, but I believe you make all things new, and uh, you're, you're, you're working in me, and you're making all things new again, and I trust in you. I wasn't willing to allow him to engage with me and my weakness. The reality is, is that 
God is not moved by us mindlessly reciting what we think he wants to hear. He is not moved by us mindlessly saying what we think sounds good. Our vulnerability moves God. Our vulnerability attracts him. It calls him near to us. He wants the unfiltered and real us. This is what we see in 2 Kings. We have to be vulnerable with the Father. I want to go on in verse 3. Let's read it. Then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all of your neighbors, empty vessels and not too few. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all of these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. Then she went in from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were filled or or were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another Then the oil stopped flowing. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. I love that because it rhymes. Uh, (laughs) Go sell all your debt. Yeah, I could make a a rap off of that if I wanted. Um, The second aspect of vulnerability that we see in this story is vulnerability with the family vulnerability with the family. In verse 3, Elijah, he instructs her, hey, go to all of your neighbors, and I want you to go around, collect vessels or, or jars from all of your neighbors. And, and, and this stands out to me. This is interesting to me because this is God that we're talking about, right? God could have done anything he wanted to save this woman and her children. Why did he tell her to go around to all of your neighbors and collect jars? Why did God say that? Is it possible that God actually wanted to meet her needs through the community she belonged to? That he wanted to actually meet her needs through the people around her. But first, that would require for her to be vulnerable with the community that she was in. It required her to go around, knock on doors and say, hey, hey, I'm in a situation that I can't get out of on my own. I need your help. Hey, do you have an empty jar that I can have because my sons are possibly going to be sold into slavery? Can you help me? I need you. I need you to help. It required her to open up and be vulnerable about what she was going through. And this sounds really poetic and biblical. Cool. But let's be honest, this isn't easy, right? This, this isn't easy. We would much rather solve our problems in secret, right? <laughs> we would much rather just do it with, you know, us and God and us, God, and our Bible or us, God, and our journal, us, God, and our conference. Like, God, we don't have to invite other people into this thing, do we? Are you sure? The truth is that The breakthrough that we need is often on the other side of our vulnerability with our neighbor. The breakthrough that we need is often on the other side of us allowing someone or some individuals that we know are wise and discerning to come in and join our journey, to come in and speak grace and truth and release deposits in our lives. It's on the other side of us opening up to those that God has placed around us. Secrecy kills, but vulnerability heals. See... If you are struggling in secret today, I believe wholeheartedly there is a better way. There is a better way. God is calling you into a family today. He's inviting you into community today. Who do you have around you right now that can be a safe place for you? Who has God placed around you that you can trust with your stuff? 
And if you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never given your all to him, it is one of the greatest experiences of your life. There is a a love that cannot be matched, like the quantity and the quality of love he wants to pour out in your life, it cannot be matched. And I believe that if you haven't had that chance to say yes to him, you will have an opportunity later today to do that. So this woman, right, her and her sons, they finish getting all the jars together. They go back home. They're pouring the oil. The oil is just miraculously multiplying, right? And then they finally run out of jars, and then she goes back to the prophet, and he says, go ahead, start a business. Start a startup company, you know? So this woman is actually selling essential oils before it was trendy. <laughs> before all your Facebook friends were doing it, she was doing it. She's pioneering, you know? She's... I can imagine this had to be a mean sales pitch that she had. Get your divine healing oil right here. You know, it, it heals all your diseases. Yeah, it, it'll take care of all your wrinkles. You know, uh, it, and plus it never runs out, ever. You know, it, think of, I mean, this had to be crazy. This woman is now living off of the oil, the jar of oil that was probably tucked away, hidden in her little house somewhere. She's living off of it, it's multiplied, it's paying off her debt. And her and her sons are now living in freedom. I believe that through this experience, through her being vulnerable with the father and vulnerable with the family, she learned a valuable lesson. And I believe that lesson is available to us today. That lesson is that supernatural breakthrough follows the vulnerable. It follows those who are willing to admit, hey, hey, I need help. I need, you to, I need you to help. I need you to come in and, and step in and help. Hey, Jesus, I don't understand. I don't understand what's happening. I, I feel weak. This is all I have. It follows those of us that are willing to, to, to admit that. See, what I've learned is that our weakness is actually a weapon that he can work with. It's a weapon that he can work with. The Apostle Paul, he says it this way. He says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, but he answered me, My grace is always more than enough for you, and my power finds its full expression through your weaknesses. So so I will celebrate my weaknesses, for when I am weak, I sense more deeply the power of Christ working in me. What is the Apostle Paul saying? What is, he, what is he saying? He's saying that I will not keep my weaknesses secret. I will not keep them hidden away, but I will actually talk about them with the father and with the family because there's something that happens when I talk about my weaknesses. It's something that happens when I embrace it. There's a, a grace that comes upon me. I can't explain it, but when I embrace my limitations and I pick up uh, the grace of God, I am empowered to do what I can't do on my own. I am empowered to go further than I could go on my own. And this same grace is available to us this morning. God releases grace to the vulnerable. He releases grace to the vulnerable. What I love is that this weekend we are we're celebrating baptism here at Urbana. And in two weeks, Sullivan, you're celebrating baptism, and we're excited about that. Baptism is actually a beautiful picture of vulnerability with the father and vulnerability with the family. All of our baptism candidates, they, 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 they came to a point where they had to say, hey, Jesus, I want you. I want your plan for my life. I don't know what this looks like. Um, I, I've, I've tried to do it on my own. I'm tired of that, but I want you, Jesus. That's vulnerability with the father. And then we all get to hear their testimonies. We get to hear what God has done in their lives and what he's going to continue to do. That's vulnerability with the family. And I just want to say, all of our baptism candidates, thanks for letting us share in that. 
Thanks for letting us be a part of what God is doing in your life. Thank you for trusting us with that. We cannot wait to see uh, and to witness baptism this weekend. So what does this all look like? Vulnerability with the Father, vulnerability with the family. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, Brandon, are you telling me that I have to tell the whole church my business? Like, everybody has to know my business. Somebody, you know, during a 60-second, you know, to meet somebody new, hey, how are you? Oh, let me lay it on you. Let me. <laughs> Brandon, are, are you saying that? No, I am not saying that at all. Please don't hear me say that. But what I am saying is that you should not be struggling in secret. I'm not saying that you have to be vulnerable with everybody, but I am saying that you should be vulnerable with somebody. That there are certain battles that we face that we have to invite others to, to, to be a part of, that God actually wants to bring breakthrough through those around us. I am saying that. I want to finish just by telling you a story. So when my wife and I first got married, we attended a Spanish-speaking church in the suburbs of Chicago. And before we got married, I was living down here. She was going to that church up in the suburbs. And I thought it sounded really romantic, y'all, to just be like, yeah, girl, I'll come to you. Wherever, yeah, I'll go to your church. Where you go, I will go. What you say, I will say. We will be one heart. Yeah, I'll do that. When I tell you guys this is one of the most challenging seasons of my life, I am not kidding you. Because I, I didn't know the language. I didn't, I didn't know the culture. Everything was different. It, it called me to a, a brand new level of vulnerability with the father, a brand new level of vulnerability with the family. But because I was out of my comfort zone in so many ways, it made it a little easier to be vulnerable. And I remember just sharing with one of the pastors, you know, just different situations and frustrations that I was having at the time in my marriage. And I remember he was able to speak into my life. I remember one time he, he just told me, well, Brandon, you have these feelings because you're making your marriage about yourself. I was like, oh, okay. And he was able to lovingly teach me and show me what it actually looked like to serve my wife in that season. And when I started to implement what he was sharing with me, it actually released more joy in our marriage in that time. It was amazing. We experienced so much growth and, and, and just supernatural things in that time. Why? Because supernatural breakthrough follows the vulnerable. It follows the vulnerable. And you know, living a vulnerable life, it is a journey. This is not something that we will just get overnight. The Lord is always calling us into deeper depths of vulnerability. But maybe you're like, where can I start? If I want to jump into this thing, where, where, where do I even begin? Vulnerability with the Father can begin with just spending time with him every single day. What I like to do is I, I like to journal out my raw thoughts. I just write. I just move my hand and I just, I just write. I let it go. You know, raw, your raw thoughts, your raw emotions, raw prayers. He wants to raw us. Vulnerability with the family, that could look like maybe you having a conversation that you feel like you need to have with someone this week. Opening up about a situation that you feel like you need help in. Because it actually could be that the Lord wants to release breakthrough through you sharing, allowing someone to share in your journey. Listen, I believe that there is an assignment from the enemy. He actually wants to isolate us. He wants, he wants us to struggle in secret, but that is not God's plan for your life. 
God's plan for your life is that you would experience his, his breakthrough and his goodness even in difficult seasons. And I believe that as we press into vulnerability with the Father and vulnerability with the family, what we're going to see is that we will become vessels of vulnerability that he can use for his glory. Amen. Let's pray. So Jesus, I thank you so much that uh, just supernatural breakthrough, it follows the vulnerable. I pray, Lord, that you would release a grace over all of us to step into a new level of vulnerability, a new level of vulnerability in our relationship with you, a new level of vulnerability with those around us. And I pray that you would bring breakthrough to our lives through conversations that we will have uh, this week. I pray that wisdom would be released, that, that chains would be broken. Lord, we, we thank you for what you have called us to do together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.